Welcome into Minding Your P's and Q's, where we examine the oftentimes treacherous aspects of business and employment etiquette and behavior, for that matter. For LocalJobNetwork.com Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Today, we're looking at corporate social responsibility and how it really plays a role in a company's reputation. To assist us in analyzing the impact of this idea, this philosophy, we have Daniel Korshin joining us from Philadelphia. Daniel's an assistant professor at the LeBeau School of Business at Drexel University. He's also involved with the Center for Corporate Reputation Management. Daniel, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. I guess just first of all, what is reputation, and particularly if we're looking at it from sort of the business or corporate side of things? Corporate reputation, we're really talking about the relative status of a company. Uh, relative to its peers, both within the industry and, uh, and outside its industry. Um, and it's uh, related also to the expectations that stakeholders have with the company. So if it's uh, an investor, the expectations that they have about the company's management, but also and its performance in the future. If it's employees, it's uh, expectations about what it will be like to work there and, uh, and what the paycheck they think they're going to get, what kind of training. These are all, all elements of reputation. And, um, it really, if, if you were to break it down into two big categories, uh, you find that corporate ability, the, the companies, how good they are at making products, at being innovative, that's one category. Mm-hmm. And, and there's another broad category of corporate social responsibility, which is uh, more to do with uh, how the company behaves and uh, does it behave ethically, morally, uh, and, uh, and in ways that help society. And obviously, that's sort of the, the focus we are going to look at a little more, especially being your expertise there. Uh, why exactly would you point to corporate social responsibility as, as being an important aspect to the reputation piece? Right. Well, if you think about employees, customers, investors, the, the community at, at large, uh, look at any one of those relationships, and there's a very big trust element involved. So an investor, they, uh, they put in, a, in a something at stake. They invest in the company and they're expecting management to uh, behave both honestly, uh, ethically, and, and, and smart also. So, um, but to do that, there, you need to build trust with stakeholders. And this is corporate social responsibility is also often a way to communicate that trust by saying we're a benevolent company, we like to think of others, mm-hmm. uh, we're not a selfish company, and, and we're going to work with you. And this uh, it spills over as well to, uh, to employees when they're looking for jobs. And say I want to work with a company that I think is a caring company that's going to you know care not only about you know, my output at work and how productive I am, but also about uh, you know a company that's going to uh, care about me as a person and where my career is going. I guess just for myself, out of curiosity, I mean, is there a certain balance there? Because in essence, I I want whatever organization I'm looking at to to be productive and, and valuable in those ways. But then you bring in this side of it, which is sort of, a, I don't know, almost an intangible piece to it. I mean, is there a certain balance that's played there? You don't want to lose production because you're focused on the social aspect. How does that all work together? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is where uh, the leading companies really are, are working hard to try to bring these two aspects together. And they're trying to, um, so to combine uh, the, the social, this benevolence uh, and, and trustworthiness of the company with the... It, the status that comes with being a top performer, mm-hmm. uh, and but this is absolutely and different people we find in our research uh, are attracted maybe a little bit more to the uh, status that comes from the performance, maybe others to a different type of status that's uh, that they attach to it, uh, being a good member of the community. Uh, but and, uh, but this is something that that 
everyone, it is a balance that people make, and it is, uh, but uh, it, it's normally, they're, they're, the pieces really have to both be there to some extent for the company to be attractive to someone. Now, when we talk about this, I mean, I'm sure in some way this has existed, at least the idea of, um, you know, what else is the organization doing or how do we see them in the grand scheme of things, the social side of it. But, I mean, is corporate social responsibility a, a new trend, a new philosophy or relatively new? I mean, how would you sort of, where would you place it in terms of its, its age? You know, it's exploded so much in the last 10 years that a lot of people think that it's a very new phenomenon. Sure. Something new. It, it, but really, if you uh, take a look, you start to go into the history books, um, you can find that it dates back at least to the 1800s hmm. and, uh, and in some form or another even, even farther back. But in the mid-1800s, there are a number of pioneers uh, who really were, were pushing this idea, mostly on their own, and they owned the company, they had a lot of control over it, but they, they said, you know, we want to make our factories safer. We don't feel that it's, uh, that it's right that we should have factories that uh, are potentially harmful uh, to people. Um, so they, they, they often uh, got involved in starting from scratch. There's one person, uh, Sir Titus Salt was his name. He created an entire village uh, around a factory with a school system, with healthcare, and his idea was to bring this sort of social responsibility into his business practice. And he believed that it would help the business in the long term, right. that he would have productive workers because of it. Uh, and that, that continued with those pioneers through, I, I would say, even through uh, people like Henry Ford, um, the founders of uh, Johnson & Johnson and uh, uh, IBM as well, were all part of, of that pioneering movement where people said, we think that business has a larger responsibility than just making money. And then around in, in the 60s and 70s, people started to ask the question, is, is this really a good thing for business? Should we keep this separate? And people started to, to look at companies um, in terms of how, how does this impact the bottom line for companies? Mm -hmm. Is it good or uh, a bad thing from that, from that aspect. Um, that over the last 30 years, there's been some, although there's some conflicting evidence, uh, it does appear that there's a small benefit from it overall, uh, and that, uh, that companies can do better by, uh, by doing good, so to speak. Um, and now with most companies pretty much on board realizing that they have to get involved in, to some extent, they're really just trying to figure out how to be smarter at it, how to, how to do it in ways that are going to have these, uh, these synergies so that they, you know, we're going to benefit society and benefit the company. Sure. And, and that really, that's what I've uh, called the, the third wave of corporate social responsibility, which is this innovation wave that I believe that we're in right now. Now, a lot of stuff you talk about, actually, I mean, we, we had a... We had someone in from Rockwell Automation, and the reason we did was because they they were on this list of most uh, world's most most ethical companies, um, and it was sort of along these same lines. And there are a lot of different aspects that went into that. But you know, he had mentioned that, and there were numbers showing that people who were on this list, organizations that were on this list, outperformed a lot of other areas, a lot of industries. Why why does it pay, so to speak, or what is the benefit? You know, from a business standpoint to being socially responsible, or if there is another aspect to it. Right. The benefit from my research is that it does build this trust with, uh, with various stakeholders. Um, and it's the kind of thing that you can do one activity, uh, and it can be appealing to investors, to employees, and, and customers all at once. Mm -hmm. So there's a, that corporate aspect of it that it, it provides that, that sort of halo in, in that way. Um, it, it also... It, 
because it, it builds trust, it enables customers to feel that they can purchase more. It, uh, for employees, it, um, it can attract them. If they feel that there's going to be more of this meaning in their work, they're more likely to apply for jobs, but not only apply, when they're, when they're asked to, to join the company, they'll be more likely to accept the job if they feel that that element is going to provide these extra benefits. So it's really uh, that my research in particular looks at this individual level where individual people are making this assessment and they're comparing companies. They look, right. uh, you know, often it's surprising comparisons. You'll get someone, an, an engineering student coming out of, let's say, uh, Drexel. We have a uh, terrific program here and they'll, they'll, they'll come out and they'll say, well, should I uh, take this job at Johnson & Johnson or at, um, um, let's, let's say, DuPont? Uh, or Google, you know, they may have offers that cross industries, and and so this is a way that they can actually compare apples to apples. Now, you've you've mentioned a few times. I mean, the the fact that it, this can affect you know people's perceptions, whether it be a customer or employees or investors. I mean, you've mentioned different aspects of it. I mean, does this meant to target one area? Or are more people in one of these areas paying attention to the idea of social responsibility? And what sort of your take with that? I would say that there's been a shift in the last five years years or so. Okay. Uh, if you look at what companies were doing about 10 years ago, uh, it was mostly in the consumer realm. It was mostly uh, offers. They say, if you buy this product, we will uh, we'll pitch in a certain amount for everything we sell um, to uh, this charity or, uh, or, to, or to some sort of uh, environmental program, for instance. Those, uh, ha- there are some of those that have been effective, but it, it turns out that the customers are actually not the ones that are the closest to this, that it doesn't have the biggest impact with them. The, the real, the growing opportunity in my mind is the employee side. Okay. Um, those are people who are, they're in the company, they're more likely to pay attention to things that the company is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're people that, uh, you know, they have a lot at stake. These are people that are spending eight or more hours a day uh, at this company, whether it's in a retail store or in an office building. Uh, so they, it, it becomes very, uh, it's a big part of their life, potentially. Uh, and this is an area where a lot of companies are really uh, directing a lot of their efforts now. You know, you brought up, I mean, sort of the idea that maybe early on it was consumers or earlier it was consumers that it was sort of targeting and, and maybe you thought it would be effective there. And I, you know, there's the question always of, well, why really is a company doing this? There might be skepticism. Maybe you think you're just doing it to try to say, oh, look what we're doing and, uh, you know, look how responsible we are with this sort of stuff. I mean, does that happen where there's skepticism in what an organization is doing? And, and really, if so, what are some ways to sort of get past that challenge or any other challenges that might arise from this? Yeah, there's a lot of skepticism out there. And that's one of the reasons why companies have struggled communicating this to, to consumers because they're not really close. They're going on first impressions. Uh, it's, it's harder for them to interpret what the company is really up to, right? So what happens with a lot of people is they'll, they'll look at a, an advertisement on TV. They'll, they'll find out through their friends that a company is, is doing something really interesting in the social responsibility space. And the first question they'll say is, well, are they really just doing this in order to try to convince me right. to buy the product? Is, that, is there some sort of uh, you know, almost sinister uh, motivation behind it? Um, so that, that does become a, a real problem. That's one of the reasons why a lot of uh, companies struggle here. Uh, what, what we find, um, and, and colleagues of mine uh, at, at other universities are finding is that uh, one of the important factors to uh, to reduce the skepticism is just to make things uh, promote programs that make sense for the company. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you're a supermarket, it will make more sense to be involved in uh, 
programs that address hunger right. than it does for, um, we'll say, the uh, cancer research. Let's say two very uh, important and very worthwhile types of programs, but one that it makes immediate sense to people why a company, you know, why a supermarket would do that. Um, and in another case, it, when it doesn't make as much sense, that's when people start, you know, they, they try to pick it apart and they say, well, why would this company do something like this? Why is, uh, what's motivating it? And that's where sometimes they'll, uh, they'll veer off into the skepticism. No, sort of an aspect of that, I think, and, uh, you know, so some of the things I've seen, and obviously you and I chatted a little bit as well, but this idea, you know, of social media, obviously... It's such a part of everyone's lives, or I should say most people's lives. And um, I, we, again, we tend to think on the consumer side of things. I mean, should be co- should companies be use, utilizing it? Are they? Is that an aspect of, of social responsibility, just the, the utilization of social media in some way? Yeah, I just uh, completed a paper not too long ago on this very topic uh, because it, it is something that many companies are looking at. Uh, and it, it's also related to uh, the skepticism problem that companies are facing. If one way to do it is to increase the, you know, to make it, uh, the programs make more sense, another way is to involve people more in the programs. And, uh, and social responsibility is a great way to get people actively participating in social responsibility programs. So, for example, there's a, uh, there was a very successful program by Pepsi, the Pepsi Refresh Project, and they invited, they, they created a competition where the best uh, charitable giving ideas were uh, were voted on and chosen, um, and all based on consumers uh, voting online. The IBM has brought uh, the uh, their social responsibility work and a lot of the volunteering and charitable giving. They're uh, they're discussing that actively in their on-demand community with employees and uh, and their alumni, um, and uh, even uh, the agency where I, where I worked. Uh, once before coming into academia, Hill Holiday, um, they've blogged for years mm-hmm. about what, what they're doing. And it, it's just a way to invite people into the conversation, uh, which makes it not only more believable because you have this dial back and forth dialogue, uh, but it also gets people emotionally involved. It, it just uh, It's just a very effective means of making things believable and more authentic. So when, when someone goes about doing this, especially from the organization side, I mean, is the strategy to have an employee out there trying to promote stuff? I mean, how do you sort of intertwine it or what, what is really an effective strategy to incorporate the social media side? Because like you said, there's still going to be skepticism if it says, you know, uh, if it has Pepsi's handle on it, Twitter handle on it or something like that. How do, how do you maybe strategize it so that social media is seen as a more casual marketing sort of idea? Yeah, it is. A, it's a challenge. It's a challenge because you, on the one hand, Companies want to uh, make sure that all their social responsibility uh, work is integrated closely with the company, with what the company is doing, with its core values, with its core business. On the other hand, you want to invite this participation and let uh, let consumers steer the boat uh, just a, a little bit. Right. Um, so this is a, a delicate balancing act that managers are, are still learning about. And of course, this isn't just true for social responsibility, but for all social media, it's the, it's the same basic tension that's going on there. Uh, but the, uh, the the best companies are using it as a means for uh, for people to vote on things. So um, okay. there's a really interesting program uh, with Staples that uh, where they're doing this with with employees. The more hours that an employee volunteers, uh, the more of a vote they get in 
some of the company's charitable giving. So okay. they'll, uh, they'll uh, clock their, their hours and then based on that, uh, they'll be able to go online and, and uh, make and, uh, and decide you know, how to allocate some of their money. So some very creative ways, and we're just uh, we're learning about this just like managers are uh, about what's what's working and what's not. But a, a lot of it is involving people. Um, a lot of it is finding the right people to involve the people. And not everybody is is necessarily uh, enthralled with with this kind of thing. Some there are pockets of the population that believe that the uh, that companies should stay out of this. That this is. This is the, uh, the business of philanthropists and, and possibly of the government, and then corporations should stick to uh, what they want. So for those pockets of the population, um, these won't work. So, but uh, but there are pockets where uh, where it's this is highly effective, and there you know there are a lot of people who are actively seeking this out, particularly new employees, uh, people coming out of colleges these days, mm -hmm. people coming out of MBA programs. Uh, many many people that I've encountered are looking for they're looking for more meaning in their work, and this is a, a, a way that's uh, that can deliver that. Now, obviously, all this stuff we're sort of talking about also we're relating a little bit to the reputation and how um, again how an organization is seen, maybe from from different angles, obviously. But I guess how do you go about measuring what you know what your own reputation is maybe in terms of uh, what should you be asking or are you are you polling people i guess what's sort of the the general strategy to find out what, what really is your reputation out there regardless of what you might think um what sort of what's the image that is out there and how people see you this is an extremely challenging thing to do really what um, i've been working with a number of companies trying to to find the best ways to measure this in many ways it's, it's similar to uh more standard marketing programs to take an advertising campaign or, or something along those lines, it, it can be very challenging to match up what you're doing with, with how it's paying off. Mm -hmm. uh, with that being said, what we're doing is we're really concentrating, starting with the outcomes and saying, okay, if we're uh, trying to encourage employees to uh, be highly motivated to deliver customer service, let's look at which customers are delivering that, uh, that very high customer service and, uh, and then let's trace it back and see what their perceptions are about the company's social responsibility, uh, see whether, how much they've been participating in programs uh, and, uh, and in that way we're forming a link uh, sometimes with very uh, simple analyses, sometimes with uh, highly advanced statistical techniques, but we're we're looking for those uh, for those links, and uh, and in many cases we're finding some pretty uh, compelling evidence that there is a, a a real tangible benefit to working uh, in this space. So I mean, is this sort of always an ongoing type thing that should be done, or uh, do you maybe have like a, a formal sort of check in, or you know, sort of kind of like a performance evaluation you might have for even an employee? I mean, how do you? How do you go about monitoring it either throughout a year or is it more of a check-in every once in a while? And what's sort of your opinion on that? It's a combination in my view. What, what I recommend to companies is to have this as part of their employee engagement and their, uh, and their consumer market research programs. Um, so to have this as an additional uh, set of variables in, in those. And, uh, and also, you know, when launching uh, big programs, uh, to periodically uh, check the effectiveness of specific programs. But a lot of it depends on what the goals are of CSR. I'm getting a little low on time, but a couple more things I just want to sort of ask about. I mean, if an organization maybe is is looking and starting to improve 
their reputation in terms of corporate social responsibility. I mean, do you have any suggestions for what that first step would be? I mean, again, I know we have to speak in generalities a little bit because every industry could be different and each individual organization could be different. But I mean, is there a general guideline in terms of, you know, here's where you want to try to get to or here's what we want as our image, uh, reputation to be out there? What's that first step that maybe an organization could take to start towards improving the, the idea of CSR? I should maybe back up for one second to, to answer this properly and um, because there are different motivations for uh, being involved in social responsibility. Sure. Um, from the purely social and altruistic side of things, um, you want to do purely the things that have the, the biggest impact. Okay. Right? Um, the, uh, the danger of doing, of doing it only that way and only considering the impact in society is that often those programs will run out of steam. Uh, because they, they'll lose the support internally, they'll lose the support from, say, customers. Uh, and, and sadly, sometimes those are, uh, are jettisoned in the end. Um, so my research really focuses on the business benefits and, and where those, uh, those synergies are, where, where, the, uh, where the benefits to the, to the company in terms of bottom line performance lie. Uh, so I, I, um, I try not to get too much into the space of what's uh, really moral or ethical and right. try to just look at, just look at that aspect. So given, given that that's the outcome that, that we want as a, as a manager, that that's part of the equation, um, what I always recommend is to start with the end result, with the objective uh, that we want to achieve. What, a lot, what too many companies do is they look at their portfolio currently and they say, let's see if we, there's any way that we can, out of this portfolio, squeeze some performance out of it, right? Um, the reality is that that's, it's not always necessarily lined up with the objective. So for example, if we're a, uh, a Walmart, we'll say, and uh, one of our, our, we have twin goals for our employees. One is we want to retain uh, them as, as best we can, and the other is we want them to deliver customer service as best we can. Well, my research is, and we're finding that the way that you would set up a program might differ very, very much uh, depending on which of those goals you want. If you want people to be very enthusiastic about working for the company and, and retained as an employee, then uh, you'll have programs that uh, concentrate more on bringing employees together in volunteer programs, okay. let's say. If you're looking to motivate people to serve customers, then you have to find ways to bring customers into those, into those programs, either by um, you know, having them uh, participate in ways that employees can see, and then that builds a bond between the employees and the customers, um, or by some, what some companies are doing is, is actively having programs where employees and, and customers are working together uh, in, in a volunteer program. They're at the same site. Then the employee the next day, they go into work and they see a customer, uh, even if it's not one that they actually saw on the site, but it will change the way that they see customers and they'll, they'll generalize that to the relationship and it can be very motivating. So you can see how, how different, uh, different objectives call for different programs, but you can't get there unless you start with the objective. Sure. No, and it's great advice, especially as like you said, it, it's all going to depend on what you're looking to do and in your organization and how it's all set up. Uh, you know, obviously we talked about a number of different things here, and I guess I just want to give you a chance to sort of offer up to the listeners a, a final takeaway or a best piece of advice. Uh, just in general, when you're talking about the idea of uh, reputation, and particularly, uh, obviously, our focus has been the idea of corporate social responsibility. So, you know, sort of you have the floor. What is that just best piece of advice you can offer up? I think the, the big picture is that reputation does matter. Uh, it, uh, it can lead to very tangible effects. 
And if we if we think in a in a clear-headed way, uh, and uh, and start with what we want to achieve, what our, our business goals are, uh, we can configure our reputational efforts and our corporate social responsibility efforts um, to to achieve those goals. Uh, but not, but what too many companies do, as I said before, is uh, just look at social responsibility as a, as sort of a magic. Uh, magic formula where they're going to uh, get there. Uh, if you don't have a plan and a path that's clearly defined, it's going to be very difficult uh, and, uh, and it may not be as fruitful as it could be. All right. Well, with that, we'll uh, look to wrap things up here on this episode of Mining Your P's and Q's. Uh, the idea, of course, uh, we're talking about is corporate social responsibility. And certainly, as, as many of the things Daniel's brought up, it can play a huge role for any organization's success. Uh, Daniel, again, thanks for joining us. We definitely appreciate the insight you brought today. Is there any place that people could find out about your work or more about you at all? Um, I would point them to our, uh, our website at, uh, at lebeau.drexel.edu. They can find my profile as, as well as uh, they can look up the uh, Center for, uh, for Corporate Reputation Management. All right. Uh, thanks again, Dan. I appreciate you coming on today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Once again, that is our guest, Daniel Corshin, Assistant Professor at the LeBeau School of Business at Drexel University in Philadelphia. Of course, we're always interested in hearing from you, the listener, as well. So drop us an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. If you have any comments or suggestions for this or any show on localjobnetwork.com radio, uh, that's how you can contact us. Now, until next time, I again am your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everyone. 